0: Superman Forever Radio, Episode 102 Email and Feedback. Look at the sky! Look! It's a, it's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. People believe tall buildings to the single bound. The infamous ship comes now the man of steel. Hello, and welcome to the Superman Forever radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. You know, one of the really cool things about uh, doing this podcast that has absolutely blown me away is the feedback from you guys, the email, the conversations that have been started, the questions that have been asked. It has really, literally blown me away. It's so cool, and it has blown me away. And it has continued to come in, and uh, I was looking and realized that it's been since before last Christmas that, uh, or just around last Christmas, that uh, I did... Uh, an email episode. And as you know, we tried before to do several things. We tried uh, me doing it uh, myself, which did not go well. Me reading something uh, did not go well (laughs) like that. We tried voice synthesis. And uh, while we got some good feedback on that, uh, you know, I I wasn't real happy with the, with the voice itself. The way it still needs some tinkering, some tweaking to get the synth voice Um, to something that I think was listenable. It's fine here live, but recording it, I have not been able to get a good recording of the uh, synthetic voice. Uh, So, my secret weapon has stepped up to the plate and has volunteered to read the email. And uh, in fact, has done even more than that. Uh, my secret weapon, Kim, has actually already read the emails. She has recorded the emails, and so now I'm going to play them for you and respond to them. But before I do that, I just wanted to thank you for for sending these emails. This is this has really been amazing. The the kinds of feedback, the kinds of things that the questions you guys are asking, and the conversations we're getting into, and I'm it's just been been really cool, and it means more than you can know, and I really do appreciate it. And I mean to get more to the email. Now, I do answer the email when I get them, uh, but I don't always get them, you know, on the air here. But I do answer them when we uh, send them, which has developed some really nice friendships and some conversations. So if you want to take part in the emails, uh, by all means, send me an email to bob at supermanforever.com, and uh, be on a future... Have your email read on a future episode. Now, I just want to say right up front that many of you sent email just kind of saying how much you enjoyed the show, and you went back and listened to episode 79, which was my uh, first episode as host of the Superman Forever Radio podcast, and I really appreciate the great feedback I got from that, and uh, many of you seem to like that episode, and I do thank you for that. In the past, we've had email that was on previous shows about... Uh, past episodes where I talked about Christopher Reeve uh, Mark Lax and I had a really good conversation hey Mark um, Dave McElvini, Douglas Meacham Michael Bradley Michael Bailey Andrew Leyland the list goes on and on and 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 I'm going to get to some of you guys Gene Hendrix just you know, thank you so much Who listened to the show Gave me some great words of encouragement Some of those guys, names you may have recognized Are podcasters themselves Others are not But it's just been a real blast So, so let's get started This one goes back to Just after the Christmas episode So, um, six months or so ago So,
1: not too far, not bad <laughs> From kiki greer subject christmas episode just listened to your christmas episode number 88 and very much enjoyed it your intimate style of podcasting is as comforting as hot chocolate next to a warm fire on a cold day keep up the good work
0: bob look forward to the next episode well thank you kiki greer thank you very much i appreciate that i had fun with the christmas episode I didn't know I was actually going to do one, but then at the last minute I decided, yeah, go ahead. I think I'll do a Christmas episode, and got some really nice feedback on that. So thank you, Kiki, and thanks for uh, some others who mentioned that. I do appreciate it.
1: From Dave McIlvaney, subject, kryptonite. Greetings, Bob. I recently listened to episode 89, Kryptonite Forevermore, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I well remember the story of Jewel Kryptonite, which you did a good job of covering. You are right that in those days, Jacks Ur was clearly the premier Phantom Zone villain. As to the varieties of Kryptonite, I remember thinking, as a boy, that Superman always seemed to fear gold Kryptonite even more than Green K, almost as if becoming an ordinary human would be a worse fate than death. I hope that the powers that be... We'll take your idea to heart and start to publish Superman 55 along the lines of Randy Garrett's work published on Jim Nolte's The Adventures Continue website. I commented on your Facebook page with a link to his Superman and the Secret Planet work. He also has other stories on that same website, which are quite good ones, too. Thanks for your good work. Live long and prosper. Dave Hawk, Carr McEavenny
0: thanks Dave it's very funny the the uh, gold kryptonite fearing gold kryptonite being human more than death that's very funny uh glad you mentioned Randy Garrett and thanks for posting that on the website that's very cool uh god I've got some plans for a future episode uh featuring Randy Garrett's work and the um comic book basically he did for superman and the secret planet and i'm going to be covering that here on the show in uh, a couple of weeks couple down the road a, a, a while down the road i should say a few episodes from now i shouldn't actually say a time because i don't know time i don't know time time is time is timey-wimey but uh in a few episodes from now I'll be covering Superman and the Secret Planet. So, if you want to get a head start on that, I highly recommend everyone going to actually jimnolt.com. N O L T. Jimnolt.com. The Adventures Continue website. And uh, he has a link there to the story, the script, what it's about, and the uh, comic itself. And I'm going to be covering that in a few episodes. So, I'm looking forward to that. So thank you, Dave, for mentioning the Randy Garrett thing in the link uh, because it's, (laughs) uh, for those of us who like the George Reeves TV show, uh, The Adventures of Superman starring George Reeves, you're going to love this comic book. Randy Garrett's artwork is just uh, absolutely on the money. And it's a fun read. So uh, thank you, Dave.
1: From... Mario Benice, Subject, Jewel Kryptonite. Hey Bob, I just listened to your latest episode and as usual, it was a treat. Checking my podcasts and iTunes and seeing a new episode of SFR made my week so much better. Regarding the topic of Kryptonite, I know of two other appearances of Jewel Kryptonite, Bob. Action Comics number 548 and 549 make up a two-part story in which Zod and company escape from the Phantom Zone by focusing their minds on a wandering piece of jewel kryptonite floating around in space. Of course, Superman doesn't stand for this, and what ensues is an entertaining and action-packed adventure. I read it in the Superman vs. Zod trade, and it's a very enjoyable story. If you get a chance, check it out. The ending is absolutely fantastic. I get excited just thinking about it. Anyway, thanks again for putting out such a quality show. Sincerely, Mario.
0: Mario Benesse. Thank you, Mario. Appreciate the email. And yeah, uh, references to the jewel kryptonite. Good job. You were the first, actually, to get your email in on that subject. Several others, including, I think, Mark Lax and Michael Bradley, and uh dave McIlvaney, i think also commented on the jewel kryptonite and jack yeah thanks oh by the way mario has a great podcast called up up and away and you should all be listening to that and with a name like up up and away guess what he talks about <laughs> thanks mario
1: from mart lax super thoughts hey bob Like you, the news about John Romita Jr. staying did not make me smile. There's nothing personal about the artist. I know his work on Spider-Man is considered some of his best work, but his Superman and cast is just below par. I haven't been this disappointed at an artist in a while. I don't mean to be critical, but Romita's art does not fit Superman at all. It's not a real game changer. I will still read this book. In fact, I'm interested to see what the new writer has up his sleeve. We can only hope Romita will step up his game if possible. As far as a box of comics, that sounds awesome. If I can get a box of comics every year on my birthday, I would be counting down the days until my next birthday. Superman Super Sons sounds like a fun story in a lot of those imaginary stories, Superman's wife was usually in shadow. Even though there were several imaginary stories where he was married to Lois or Lana. Maybe it was some sort of Weisinger-era edict. You never knew with Mort. Anyway, it was a great show, as always, but the email robot needs just a bit more work. Beyond that, always fun listening, your friend Mark Lacks.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, my friend. But, uh, you know, Mark, it looks like we may have weathered the storm as far as Ramita Jr. is concerned. Because it looks like now, as far as Superman's concerned, maybe a variant cover from time to time, which is fine. I don't have to buy those. Uh, but I hear, uh, I think he's doing something, uh, uh, some sort of a project uh, with Batman. So, uh uh, yay. Bye bye. You're right. He, he just really didn't fit as Superman. It was just, you know, I'm sorry, but it just really wasn't there. But I think we've weathered that. We're not going to see any more John Romita Jr. on Superman for the foreseeable future, or at least for the near future, anyway. We know what's coming up. So we have weathered that storm. And it's funny mentioning Mort Weisinger's and. Uh, even uh, Mr. Haney a little bit, of uh, with the Super Sons. And guess what? We've got some new Super Sons coming in September. I think their book is coming in September of 2016. Super Sons. But this time, the Super Sons will be the sons of... Uh, it will be Damien, son of Batman, and Talia al Ghul, and John... Jonathan John, son of post-crisis Superman and Lois Lane, which was a great mini-series as we've mentioned before. The Superman, Lois and Clark was a great mini-series, and now that Superman is the current Superman of the New Fifty Two Universe, and with DC Universe, which I talked about last time. Uh, interesting stuff going on, but yeah, no more, uh, no more uh, John Mermita Jr. on Superman. Yay!
1: From Dave McAlvany. Feedback. Greetings, Bob. You asked for feedback, so here is some. I very much enjoyed this latest episode of Superman Forever Radio because it wasn't simply a rant against what you don't like about the current state of DC Comics. I particularly like that you started with what you do like, particularly the Marvel superhero movies and the DC TV shows. I, too, have thoroughly enjoyed the DC TV shows, most especially the first season of The Flash, which I think is possibly the best TV show based on a comic ever. With the same people at the helm of the upcoming Supergirl TV show, I'm really looking forward to a fun ride. I have avoided watching the leaked pilot for that show because I want to build my anticipation for seeing it when it airs for real, but certainly the trailer encourages me to think it will be quite good. As for the things you don't particularly like about the current state of DC Comics, I can't comment from my own experience since I have only occasionally picked up comics over the past decade, but what I have read I haven't enjoyed as much as I wanted to. I grew up in the Silver Age and continue reading through the Bronze Age and beyond, and those two time periods are certainly my favorites. Those stories were fun, even if they sometimes had more serious themes. And I firmly believe that comics should be fun. I once read a quote somewhere that, if you couldn't imagine Matter Eater Lad showing up in a story, it was probably not a fun story. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I do understand the sentiment. I agree that if a writer finds Superman too powerful to write good stories for, the fault is more likely with the writer than with the character. Maybe DC, if they ever decide to revive the idea of the traditional Superman character, should start a writer's boot camp, at which all prospective writers are required to read the stories of Siegel, Bates, and Magan and study the overarching direction of Mort Weisinger. Finally, I like that you bookend your criticisms with the positives, beginning with the above-noted talk of what you like currently and ending with the story of Superman's return to Krypton, showing that it is, indeed, possible to write a good story about a non-Superman. Along that line, probably my favorite non-Superman story is The Showdown Between Luthor and Superman in Superman number 164, cover dated October 1963. It not only has a wonderful cover, but the story shows the reader not only that Superman's heroic spirit does not depend on his powers, it also shows us a more fully human version of Lex Luthor. That is good writing. It's good to hear your voice again in my podcast feed. Thank you for your work. Live long and prosper. Dave
0: McElvenney. Thank you, Dave. Matter Reader Lad. I love Matter Reader Lad and the Legion of Superheroes. And I think we're going to get them back. They're, they're, they'll be coming back. I, I actually, as I mentioned in the Rebirth episode last time, that I kind of like what DC's doing this time, uh, rolling them out slowly instead of 13 new number ones every week. So, yeah, I kind of like uh, some of the direction that DC's going. Mm. But that's very funny if uh, if it if it doesn't have matter eater lad. It may be too serious. <laughs> oh god, that's pretty funny. Um but yeah, thanks for that. I try I'm, I'm really trying to keep the show positive because, you know, after over the last few years or so, it would have been really very easy for me to to uh come into this podcasting thing uh and do a superman show that was really nothing but complaining because there has been a lot that that's complainable (laughs) if that's a word uh you know over the last few years the up and down stories uh, uh, the up and down in and out writers that just the the inconsistent storytelling and and the out of character Superman and so much that i 've talked about over the past, um, but I do want to try to keep this as a positive show because the whole mission statement actually of the show is uh, uh, you know if you want to know why i 've been a Superman fan for over fifty years you know listen to the show and in fact uh, as i may have mentioned uh, it is now 60 years this summer 2016 is the 60th year i guess that's an anniversary of sorts that uh, i first read superman number 43 so volume 1 number 43 from 1946 of course it was 1956 that i read it for the first time but still 60 Years ago. So anyway, yeah, Dave, thank you, uh, Dave McIlvaney. Thank you so much for your e- email. That is that is so terrific. Oh, Superman one sixty four. Yeah, excellent, excellent story. And in fact, I'm going to be talking about that. I mentioned it's funny that you guys are hitting on things. It's like you guys are reading my mind here, or you've you know predicting uh, the next. Uh, you know, half a dozen shows or so. Thank you, Dave, Hawkar, Maykel Thank you.
1: From Jake Dietz, subject, episode 92. Hello, Mr. Fisher. I just wanted to thank you for a great episode 92. I just recently found your show, and I love it. I'm a lifelong Superman fan, so I'm always glad to find others out there as well. I especially appreciated what you said about what DC is doing with the Man of Steel right now in the comics. I just don't get it sometimes. They seem more anxious to pick up new Superman readers than to stay true to the character. I heard they were bringing Lobo back. I just didn't think they would do it as Superman wearing jeans and a t-shirt riding a motorcycle. Plus, John Ramita Jr.? I really have nothing to say there. He already successfully ruined a few series over at Marvel, so I am not excited to see him at DC. I just wanted to drop a line to say thanks, to let you know that something you said on your episode really got me thinking. I'm a small-time blogger myself, and I have dreams of someday hosting a consistent, successful podcast. Right now, my brother and I have one. We have just hit some technical snags. In any case... My most recent blog post has roots in your theory that maybe, just maybe, Warner Brothers is planning on killing Superman in Batman v. Superman. I thought a lot about that idea and came to the conclusion that maybe it wouldn't be so bad if they did. If you're interested, you can check out the post here. My Crazy Superman Theory the Geeky Mormon. Again, thank you for putting on such a great show, and I look forward to listening to some more. Regards, Jake Dietz, The Geeky Mormon.
0: Well, thank you, Jake Dietz, The Geeky Mormon. I do appreciate it. Well, as we know now, uh, I was right. They, they killed Superman. <laughs> in Batman v Superman, and we'll see we'll see how how they play that out, what they do, what their long game is on that uh I hope he is revived uh early in the Justice League movie, not later, but we'll see we'll see but yeah, so and and also jake as you as you have no doubt heard previously, we survived John Ramita jr. And have now moved through that and are on to hopefully some much, much better artwork. Better. see, now, better is a judgment call. So I probably should just say uh, uh, maybe a little more appropriate artwork for Superman than that of John Romita Jr. But thank you, Jake, for the uh, great email. Appreciate it. And everybody go to thegeekymormon.com and and look at his uh, stuff.
1: From Red blue superdude hello, my fellow Superman friend, my name is Joe. I've been listening since you started on this podcast from episode seventy nine I just finished listening to episode ninety three the most recent one where you reviewed the Batman vs Superman comic Con trailer. I very much enjoyed your review on I really really enjoy listening to you on the podcast. Thank you. I am thirty two years old and visually impaired. I had a surgery with the doctor about three years ago, and he did a very poor job on my eye surgery that left me mostly blind. The reason I was emailing you was because I heard you mention on your most recent episode that you cannot read very well, and you use some sort of technology to help you read comics digitally. I miss reading comics very much. Could you please tell me what program or software you use to help you read comics? I would greatly appreciate it. Or, if you know of some other way to read comics for someone with little to no eyesight, I would appreciate that also. I think you mentioned something about a laptop. Does that laptop or tablet have a program that read you the text from the digital comics? I currently use a software on my iPhone that reads me everything that is in text, like text messaging, numbers, or even anything on the Internet. Is that basically what you use to read digital comics? Thanks again. Your friend,
0: Joe. Hey, Joe. Thanks for the email, buddy. Appreciate it. Really sorry about your eye problems. But as far as uh, now, now to the listeners, to other listeners here, Joe and I have communicated, uh, as I said before, an email. And I told him some of these things. But uh, in case there are others out there who may be interested in the technology And what Joe is talking about, I'll talk just for, uh, you know, a a few seconds on this, but those of us who have partial vision, who may still be able to see uh, graphics and images much better than text, rely on certain technology to read, as Joe mentioned, on his phone. And and now a lot of people are familiar with Siri and are getting used to uh, using this kind of artificial technology. But unfortunately, to read comic books, the text in comic books is not actual text that a text-to-speech software can actually read. So Siri can't read the text in a comic book. The text in a comic book is a picture of text. You'll notice—well, you won't notice, but if you use a voice reader, for example, if you're on Facebook, let's say— And people are putting memes up, and the text is part of the image. Well, blind people, certain blind people, legally blind people who uh, have some partial vision, may be able to see an image of, uh, let's say, the presidential candidates, or whatever. You may see the image and know that oh that's Trump and that's Hillary uh and then there's text over top of them or whatever. You can't read the text. It's just scrambled junk. It's just lined because you're reading it peripherally or with incredibly limited vision. You just can't read that. And unfortunately, that uh, the text that's part of that image is exactly that. It's part of an image. It's part of the JPEG. It's not standalone text as in a word processor or a text message or email, or those kinds of things. So uh, one way you can tell, for example, if you take uh, if you're on a PC, and uh, you find some text on Facebook or whatever, just regular text, you can highlight that text by holding down your left mouse, put the pointer where you want it, hold down the left mouse button and drag it across sentences. Well, I have software that when I do that and then let up on the finger, the highlighted text is then read to me. Can't do that in a comic book. Now, with the particular visual problem I have, I use a 10-inch tablet, and I can zoom in enough on a comic book using Comixology app. Or my particular tablet has a zoom feature that I like. I have an Android tablet. I can do a triple tap, and it zooms in uh, automatically to a pre-designated size that I have set. And uh, that puts, you know, a few words on screen so that I can slowly, with peripheral vision, figure out what the words are. Okay, so it takes me a real long time to read them. Now, if you're on Comixology, for example, or the DC Comics app themselves to read these comics, you can use what they call the guided view. Now, that's computer programming that by a, a tapping, it takes you to the next panel or the next text that is to be read, and that you read, and you just look at it. And so it moves you along. It's a guided view from panel to panel, uh, text bubble to text bubble. But unfortunately, just like the text of a meme or text in a comic book, even the digital comic books, even the CBRs, that you could make yourself by scanning your comics and turning them into CBRs. Um, even those; those are all pictures of text. But here is a here is something for DC Comics and Warner Brothers and Comicsology. If you're listening to me, here is a uh, uh, a fix for that. And and fix is uh, maybe not a good choice of words, but here is. A way that, particularly for comixology, which uh, they are using software to guide you through that. It's not just an image. I mean, it is an image, but they are using uh, now computer software a, a program to guide you through that guided view process. By tapping, it takes you to the next thing. It would not take... And, and I'm a former programmer and former publisher of computer software for the Amiga computer. So I know a little bit about programming. I know a little bit about uh, – I haven't kept up uh, since the 90s. But I understand the concepts of computer programming. The languages may have changed, but the concepts are the same. Uh, the same software that these guys are writing to do the guided view on comixology – It would not take that much more of an effort to add an option that when it puts a bubble on screen, a speech bubble, a thought bubble, a text box, meanwhile, you know, uh, whatever it says, Sierra Desert, two years ago, whatever, all the text on screen that it shows in the guided view, it would not take that much more programming to add an audio track to the guided view that you use on comixology now uh a couple of years ago i brought this up to someone who was a peripheral not directly involved with dc or warner brothers or comixology or any other thing we were just talking but he is peripherally connected with those and uh we were communicating through email And one of the replies I got back when I mentioned this was that the cost of getting actors and adding sound effects had been looked into, but was just cost prohibitive, Uh, to which I pretty much replied um, that that in a nice way, of course. But they, they weren't totally getting the concept I had in mind. I'm thinking more of the concept of, What everybody is used to now in the way of both Siri as a digital voice, but audiobooks. How many of you now just listen to audiobooks? The author, sometimes, or uh, just, you know, someone with a nice voice is reading the text. They're just reading it to you. That's really all you have to do for the Comixology Guided View is to add a voice track of someone just reading the words. They don't have to act it out. You don't have to get people doing all the voices and the different parts and the sound effects like it's a, a, a graphic audio a theater piece. Just the facility of someone speaking the words that will go along with the text, with the with the images. That's really all that's necessary. Now, I'll go a step further for you, uh Comixology in DC. I'll make it even an easier step for you. Since people are getting so used to communicating with their phones and the synthetic voice of Syria, and I think Alexandria is the one, I forget the other name. They all have, uh, uh, operating systems all have their own voice now. Uh, But people are very used to hearing them. Those are not human, of course. That, again, is a computer software. That is a text-to-speech software. That would be so cheap and even so much easier to add to the guided view. Uh, You could probably do that in a, a handful of lines of code to just send the text to Whichever synthetic voice you have chosen. If you want to get fancy, you could actually give the reader, the viewer, the voice option of which voice to choose. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of options and ways to go uh, in that area. It would not be that expensive or that hard to do, especially, and this even shows how far I've thought about it, especially if the letterers, the modern letterers, uh, I doubt that there are doing lettering, modern lettering and modern comic books still by hand. I, I doubt that there is a guy sitting there with a pen writing this. That's possible. That is possible. I may be wrong, but I think letterers are probably choosing a font and doing it. So I think the text probably already exists in a text format that could easily be implemented to the Comixology Guided View process and add it in just a handful of code lines, uh, lines of code, to then pass that text by clicking, tapping on the screen. When you tap, hit the next thing, the bubble comes up, and a voice you have chosen reads the text it would not be that difficult. If I was still in the business, I could probably find a programmer to do that for you, Comixology. One of these days, I'll tell you the secret of how I am reading comics nowadays, but it's human labor, (laughs) and my secret weapon helps out. But uh, again the tablet unfortunately or a computer screen and reading digitally so that you can really zoom way in uh, is the most is the cheapest way to read, m- read new comics so thanks again Joe for the email I hope that helps
1: from Donald Roberts Bob love your show you should try the Lois and Clark Superman miniseries comic
0: it is our Superman only slightly older Donald thanks for the email right there with you buddy Superman, Lois, and Clark, great miniseries, thoroughly enjoyed it, and looking forward to see what they do, carrying that character forward, and how he interacts with the New 52 universe, that world, those people, the Justice League, how they accept him, what's going on, hope you're keeping up with it. It's so far, thoroughly enjoyed it, Superman Rebirth number one, also outstanding, uh, I don't know if I want to go outstanding. Maybe it's outstanding just because, you know, relative to what we have had uh, over the last few years. But this, um, so far, I am thoroughly enjoying the, uh, the direction of DC.
1: From Dave McAlveny, subject, episode 97. Greetings, Bob. I just finished listening to episode 97 of the Superman Forever Radio podcast. As usual, it was a delight to hear your take on many things Superman. I must confess that I'm one of those people who dislikes the idea of a Superman movie that is not kid-friendly. I realize that many people would point out that there are a lot of things out there that are for kids, so it's fine for there to be more adult Superman fare as well. I see that point, but with a big-budget, theatrically-released Superman movie that is so heavily promoted as Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice... Many kids will want to see it and many parents will take kids regardless of warnings that it's not really meant for little kids. Look at the recent stories about parents taking young kids to see the R rated Deadpool movie. Also, while there are TV shows and DVDs that are aimed at kids, it would be nice to be able to take kids to a movie theater too. All that said, my opinion is my opinion. And I do not begrudge any fan the chance to go see the upcoming movie, and I hope those who do enjoy it. On your question about Superman's cape, don't tug on it, as Jim Croce warned us. You mentioned that his costume is based on traditional athletic wear at the time, including what was worn by wrestlers and circus strongmen. I think that leads to the cape as well. Both wrestlers and strongmen were often performers in travelling circuses and carnivals, and I seem to recall seeing pictures of such performers wearing capes when they made their entrances, usually taking them off before lifting weights or getting into the ring. Indeed, when I was a small when I was a lad, a small travelling circus would come every year to the small town where we spent our summers, and I recalled the cape performers. Other circus performers who would also wear capes for their entrances were trapeze artists, and although in the beginning Superman didn't fly, his aerial acrobatics were akin to those of trapeze performers. I always thought Superman drew his costume inspiration from the circus. That would also explain the bright primary colors and the shiny satiny look of his trunks. Circus performers are, after all, performers, and are trying to attract the attention of the audience. I could be wrong, of course, but there's my two cents. Thank you for your work in producing this podcast, and I should mention that I've enjoyed the first two episodes of the Giant Superman podcast very much, and I've left a five-star review of it on iTunes. Live long and prosper, Dave McIlvaney.
0: Thanks, Dave. Great email. On the money as far as the costume and the cape goes, almost as soon as I put it out there, I went, oh, you know, and your email just hit it right on the head. Of course, it was right from the circus with the capes and uh, the whole thing, the whole basic idea of the strong man and the whole circus performers um, added to that whole look and the cape. Good catch. Good job. I totally understand also, by the way, the, the whole feeling that Superman, particularly, of all of the characters... Maybe I'd put Spider-Man in the same category, but of all of the superheroes, Superman is the one character that you should not exclude children from seeing. I understand that concept. I think they could, you know, if I, I think my uh, in my brain, in my mental image of the movie, I'd like to see it would do both. It would both show us what it would be like if these guys were real. What if Superman actually existed in today's world? So it would show that, but it would also be suitable for children. I think in the old days, they, they were able to do movies that were aimed squarely at adults that children could enjoy. So it can be done. I haven't seen it done yet, and I'm sorry that Batman v Superman Batman v Superman is not really child friendly, at least little kids. But I don't know, I don't know. That's a that's going to be a tough one that years from now we'll be debating. But as we now by this time know, uh, Jeff Johns has been put uh, in charge of the. I, you know, I almost want to just call him the uh, executive cheerleader. Because what he's really, I think, his job is going to do is to make sure that the attitude doesn't jump the shark of DC and bring it back to uh, something with a little more hope. We're seeing it in the comics, the adjustment, even though it's early in rebirth, it appears as if the course correction is a valid one. And should they continue to do this in their other properties – Then I think we've got some good stuff coming up, and I'm looking forward to it. So, again, talk car. Thanks for the email.
1: From Dave McElvenny, episode 98. Greetings, Bob. Thanks for a wonderful, wonderful episode with your discussion of the John Byrne Man of Steel miniseries. Like you, when that first came out, I absolutely hated it because in my eyes, it did terrible damage to my Superman. And for years, I would all but spit on the ground at the mention of John Byrne's name. I have eventually come to view his work in a much more positive light, partly due to my own aging, I think, and partly due to some of what came after him in Superman's comics. I love the respectful and affectionate give and take between you and Michael Bailey, and your different views on the material. I, too, have a friend of around Michael's generation. I'm of your generation, and years ago I was less than charitable in expressing to him my opinion of his generation's ruining of my hero. We has we have resolved those differences now, thank goodness. I'm going to think of this episode as a classic of good podcasting good podcasting and discussion between fans of different versions of a hero they both love, and I thank you and Michael for it. I've also listened to Part 2 of the discussion on Michael's views from the Longbox podcast and enjoyed that thoroughly as well. I plan to write a comment to him letting him know that. By the way, anything special planned for the upcoming Episode 100? Live long and prosper. Dave Hawk Carr, McElvany, McElvany.
0: Another great email from Dave McElvany. Thank you, Dave. And yeah, 98, episode 98, one of my favorite episodes so far. And, you know, it was really uh, amazing. I was, I was kind of nervous about that. I knew that, you know, when I started doing this particular show, a Superman podcast, there would come a time when I would have to talk about the Man of Steel miniseries with John Byrne, that reboot, because uh, that was the first time really in my Superman reading that it totally changed everything. But I knew if I was going to do that show, after listening to Michael and Jeffrey and getting to know Michael so well over the the last few years i knew i had to do the show with him so i dropped a couple of hints on facebook he grabbed the bait and boom uh a great two part episode in my opinion it was a a great conversation and uh you know i agree with you dave it would be nice if there were more conversations like that uh and you know, what the nice thing about this whole, whole you know, relationship really is that because of his podcast, both Views from the Long Box and the one he does with Jeffrey Taylor from Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast talking about the period of time basically from the John Byrne reboot into the early 2000s. Well, it was because of the, those those two shows and getting to know Michael that I took another look at that time period and uh, pulled those comics out and was reading along with them and looking at them as they would discuss them on the show and started really looking at that period of time through the eyes of a couple of guys who absolutely love that period of time when it comes to Superman. Seeing that. And what they were pointing out about that Superman made me realize that other than some of John Byrne's overthinking the whole reboot and trying to reinvent the wheel instead of just retelling the story, you know, I think they made as many mistakes there as otherwise. But uh, I've come to to read those books again and and thoroughly enjoy them. And even even before that, to be honest with you, during the whole death of Superman. Uh, I actually enjoyed the death of Superman while it was happening in in real time. You know, not to the degree that I came to like it much later, but even then I realized, well, obviously it's Superman; they're not going to kill him. <laughs> you know, I mean, they might kill him, but they'll bring him back. So it was it was fun uh, watching that period of time. Uh, even though I didn't fall for any of that nonsense of which one of these guys is the real Superman, I knew it was not the real one. He'll he'll be back. So, uh, but anyway, thank you, Dave McIlvanny, for such great another great piece of email. What's next, Kim?
1: From Derek Mayer. Thank you, Bob. I'm a diehard Batman and DC fan. While anticipating Batman v Superman, I have come to realize, although I have always liked Superman. I may not know as much as I thought. After much thought, I've decided to dive headfirst into his mythos and am actually thinking of starting my own podcast where I randomly select a Superman single issue or TPB, whatever may be selected, and review the issue. Maybe I'll call it Screams from the Phantom Zone. Anyway, love the show and your passion for the Man of Steel. Keep up the excellent work. Good luck, Derek
0: Mayer. Hey, Derek, thanks for the email. I appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. And hey, good idea for a podcast. Let me know if you get that one up and running. I will listen. And hey, I will plug it right here. So let me know. Thanks.
1: From Joe from Krypton. Hello, Bob. Just wanted to congratulate you on your centennial episode Congratulations on making it to 100 and just wanted to let you know that you're doing a fantastic job with the show. Please keep them coming. I also wanted to thank you for bringing back my love for Superman. I've read quite a bit of the comics and watched all the cartoons and movies, but after I watched Batman vs. Superman, my soul was literally hurting. I felt like the movies had destroyed my all-time favorite character, and I did not know how to feel for weeks after that movie. I almost felt lost, not knowing how to feel about everything I stood for and believed in. Listening to you in the the great Dave from Dave's Daredevil podcast brought me back in a big, bad way. You and Dave did a fantastic job on that episode, and I was smiling most of the time, listening to you guys talk about my favorite character. It brought me back and made me feel good about Superman again. I know I should have known better. But it just felt like that last movie almost got the character of Superman all wrong. Listening to John Williams' score at the end of your show with the music swelling up there at the end brought tears to my eyes and gave me chills. Again, I thank you very much.
0: Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Yeah, I am too. I am so, so glad that the awesome J. David Weeder kind of suggested and came up with the idea of the two of us just having a little chat. For the 100th episode. I just think it was great. I enjoyed it. It was so great to have that kind of a conversation with him. And, you know, as far as John Williams goes, it does have that effect sometimes, doesn't it? It's just amazing. Hear that theme and, yeah, sometimes it'll just make your hair stand on edge. Anyway, thank you, Joe. I do understand the feelings coming out of Batman v Superman. I understand them. I'm not quite as down on the movie as some Superman fans are, but it's a long way from where I would have liked a movie. But I've talked a lot about that. So anyway, thank you, Joe. I appreciate your email.
1: From Dave McElvenny, subject, episode 100. Greetings, Bob. Congratulations on the milestone 100th episode. It was fun to hear the conversation between you and Dave Weeder. I started listening to Superman Forever Radio when Dave was the host, and I enjoyed each of you as hosts. You each bring something of yourselves to the show, and that's been a treat to hear. I can hear in your conversation that the two of you like and respect each other. I share what I gather is your concern that the wider fandom ought to respect each other's point of view about the character about the character we all love, even if it's not our own personal view. I've been trying to do that myself, and it can be difficult in some cases, because it seems as if some people just want to fight. I've decided to enjoy Superman in various versions and incarnations I enjoy, to check out some of the different versions to see if I enjoy them, and if I do or if I don't, I won't just be the cranky old guy saying, Hey, you kids, get off my lawn and take that Superman with you. I'll give my opinion if asked, or sometimes even if I'm not asked, but I'll try to be reasonable and respectful of different opinions.
0: Thanks a lot again, Dave, for another great piece of email. And, and like I said to Joe and others, the 100th episode was very special, and to sit and be able to talk to Dave uh, Weeder about that uh, is, is very special. So that's it for the email this time around. And if you want to participate in the conversation, because it really is that, I hope to make this a conversation. Send your comments to bob at supermanforever.com. Now, you know... Something else that that comes up in the same general idea of feedback of email is feedback. You know, I hear other podcasters say that it's important with their standings and iTunes and stuff, but I don't really keep up with with that kind of thing—download numbers and placement and that kind of stuff. I did figure out how to actually look at the iTunes reviews. You know, you can go to iTunes for those of you know. This is you know, I guess I'm. This is how I get podcasts. I run iTunes on my uh, Windows PC, download the uh, iPod, subscribe to the iPods that I or the podcasts that I want and put them on my iPod to listen to. Uh I don't know if that's old school or not. I know a lot of you listen on your smartphone or maybe your tablets with other things, but that's that that's fine. I I love however, you know, you listen to that. That is really cool. But I just recently figured out how to actually see all of the iTunes reviews. So, here are some of those. This is, this is kind of cool, too.
1: iTunes Review, Terrific Stuff, by Gene Hendricks from USA, November 23rd, 2015. Superman has always been one of my favorite characters, even if I didn't know a lot about him prior to 1986. This show is taking steps to correct that with Bob Fisher and Dave Weeder before him looking at the classic aspects of the Man of Steel and showing me why Superman is an even better character than I already thought.
0: Wow, that's Gene Hendricks of the Hammer Strikes podcast. Thank you, Gene. That's, that's very nice. Terrific. Thank you.
1: iTunes review Simply the Best by M. Benici 94 from USA, December 6, 2014. Superman Forever Radio is by far one of my favorite podcasts. Current host Bob Fisher never fails to deliver quality episodes. Each and every episode is a treat to listen to. Highly recommended.
0: Thank you, Mario. I think that's Mario Benesse of the Up, 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 and Away podcast. Also a Superman podcast and a very good one that you should all be listening to and subscribe.
1: iTunes review. Keep them coming. By Streakier, from USA, July 26, 2014. I began listening to Superman Forever Radio when Bob Fisher took over as host, and I love the show. Bob is very knowledgeable about his subject and has a good sense of humor. His personal, easy-listening style of podcasting draws me right in, and I always look forward to the next show. Keep them coming, Bob.
0: Aw, oh, shucks. We's just folks, Streaky. Take shoes off and set a spell. Maybe we'd talk a little. Superman. What do you think, huh? Thank you, Streaky. I appreciate it. Okay, is that it? That's it? That's it. Okay, that's it. I have been told that's it. There are no more emails. There are no more iTunes reviews. There are no more comments. That's it. But wow. And thank you. It really does mean a lot. It continues the conversation. As I mentioned earlier, this is the 60th year that I've been reading Superman comics and knew that they existed and know what Superman is. 60 years. Wow. So, uh, I'm gonna be jumping back looking at some of my favorite comics over the last 60 years in the next uh, few episodes. And hopefully you won't be waiting two or three, four weeks between episodes to hear them. Uh, so it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'm reading a lot of Silver Age and uh, Golden Age Superman right now. So I'm having a having a good time and keeping up with Rebirth and all the new stuff that's happening in DC. So still involved in comics, having a good time with them. And I think for the first time in a long time, I'm seeing some positive signs with DC. So things are looking uh Oh. One thing I do need to to mention that I wanted to mention earlier and I keep forgetting, uh, I'm also doing a monthly podcast with John M. Wilson, where we take a look at the Silver Age through the 80-page giants, the Superman 80-page giants. So uh, check that out at giantsupermanpodcast.libson.com. Having a blast doing that. John is a great guy and a great partner and a great guy to podcast with. We have a blast doing that show. So I hope you'll have fun with it. too. I think you're going to enjoy that show too, because uh, those 25 cent giant annuals are just terrific and bringing back uh, tons of memories as I read them when they were new and John is reading them now for the first time. So uh, as part of his read through of the sixties of DC Superman comics. He's read every Superman title from DC from 1938 to 1965. I think John, he just hit the checkerboard era. So (laughs) that'll tell you where John is now. So I'm having a blast doing that show. And again, if you'd like to leave email and participate in the conversation, please do so. Send me some email, Bob, at supermanforever. com. That should do it. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Superman Forever Radio Podcast is a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, presented by the Superman Homepage, your number one source for Superman information on the web. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Action Comics and Superman Magazine. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. So join us next time for another exciting episode in the Amazing Adventures of the Superman Forever radio podcast.